You are listening to the podcast series for Mission to Amish People. Mission to Amish People is a Christian ministry with a threefold purpose of evangelizing and discipling Amish and former Amish, helping Amish people who leave their communities by helping them transition into the English world, and by presenting the ministry to churches nationwide. You can find out more about Mission to Amish People by going to their website at www.mapministry.org. This podcast is part two of two, entitled, Others Before Us Paved the Way. It is not their name that stirs our hearts. It's their determination. When I look at Hebrews chapter 11 and I read about the accounts of what our forefathers went through to pass on the torch, I see determination coming from these people. Look at verse number 36 through 40. It says here, still others had trial of mockings and scorchings, yes, of chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, they were tempted, they were slain with a sword, they wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in the deserts and mountains and dens and caves of the earth. I tell you, talk about determination again. I just, man, it makes me want to be determined. How about you? Right? You just want to stay determined. Meaning, how hard is it to wake up with the alarm clock on Sunday morning? It doesn't take that much determination. How hard is it to get up a little bit earlier and come in here and practice for worship? Or to sit down and, and study a Sunday school lesson? These people, if these people were determined to the level that they were, surely we must stay determined. We have to keep looking at this as, as a very, very important part of our life. And I believe Calvary Baptist has shown determination. Seventy years is nothing to sneeze at. It had to have taken determination, even maybe when we didn't feel like it. We stayed, we stayed committed because we were determined to finish well. It is not their name that stirs people. It's their focus. They were not focused on temporary things. And if they would have been, they couldn't have went through, gone through all that they had. And if we're not focused on, the, on eternity and future, if we get our eyes off of God and heaven, and where we're headed, we're going to fall by the wayside. But if we stick, stay focused, we will end up right where these guys are at. Look at Hebrews chapter 11 again. Go back to verse 16. They were focused on eternity, and I'm sure that is what got them through. But now, they're, now they desire a better, that is a heavenly country, Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. He has prepared a city for us, and we have got to keep focused. And that may mean that we have to talk to other people when we're going through hard times. That may mean that 
Not only do we need other people to cheer us on, but we need to cheer others on. And it's part of coming together, I think, as a church, congregation, cheering each other on, encouraging each other, because we can't always stay up here. Sometimes things happen in life that bring us down and discourage us. and We need somebody to cheer us on and remind us that it's not today that we're focused on. It's eternity, like these people. In Revelation, John saw that city that God is preparing. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven, prepared as a bride, adorned for her husband. Calvary Baptist is here because they have not lost focus. And because they haven't lost focus, not only are we celebrating 70 years, we're celebrating pews that are full of people. We're celebrating ministries that are going on every day of the week. This celebration is so much more than just reaching 70 years. It's not their name that stirs our heart in Hebrews chapter 11. It is their perseverance, their endurance, regardless of the trials, regardless of the temptations that they were faced, and regardless of the opposition. They kept on moving forward, and they refused to let those things hinder them in any way. Now, turn over to Hebrews 12. Hebrews chapter 12, and we're going to look at verse number 1. When the word therefore is there, we need to look why it's therefore, right? It's a connection to the previous chapter. So here we see, and, and the writer says, Therefore, we, Calvary Baptist Church, we also, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. What is the Christian race? I put some things down. I put six things down. It is the race to pass the torch on. This is our generation. We must pass the torch on, the torch on to the next generation. If you're a father and a mother and you have children, it is ever so important that we raise our children and nurture them and prepare them to take that torch right on to the next generation. If I do it right, it will not only affect my generation, but the next one and the next one and the next one. I, ha I can be dead and going and six foot under and still have an effect on the next three, four, and five generations by the decisions that I make today. It is ever so important that we make godly decisions, that we put our heart into it, and that we raise our families, and that we lead well in the church and in our communities. What is the Christian race? It is to pass the torch on. Number two, it is the race for life. The Bible talks about abundant life. Joy that overflows. That kind of joy. Abundance. Life. It's the Christian race. Determination that we're not going to be 
like others who have no hope. We have the hope. And we can be loaded and running over with joy. Number three, it is the race to know God intimately, to communicate with him, to, to fellowship. And, and, and we do that through prayer and reading his word and, and meditating and, and uh, appreciating what God has done for us. Number four, it is the race to prepare for our meeting with God. One day, and probably soon, we will wake up and see God face to face. We talk about it, we talk about it, but sometimes it's hard for us to wrap our minds around that. But Christian soldier, there is a day coming when we will see Jesus face to face. That's our race. Race to see him face to face. It is the race for perfection. No more tears, no more death, no more pain, no more of any bad experiences. And number six, it is the race for the promised land where we can live forevermore with God, forever and ever and ever. We'll never come back to this. We'll never have to go through another one of these lives. It'll be forever with God in a perfect world. That is the race. Let us run the race with endurance, says the writer, that is set before each one of us, and let's do whatever we have to do to keep each other on track. Let's do it for another 70 years. How are we going to stay in the race? First of all, remember that we're surrounded by a, by a cloud of witnesses. I know a man in my church, Doug is his name, he's pastoring a church now, but he wrote a book about what it meant by this cloud of witnesses. I don't know if he's right or not, but I think he could be, that these people that we have read about in Hebrews chapter 11 and other ones that, we, that we've loved that have gone before us, I believe it's possible that they are a cloud of witnesses. I can't help but think of Stephen when he was stoned. The Bible says that whereas Jesus was sitting at the right hand of the Father, he stood up. And Stephen was able to look up through heaven, the heavens, and see the Son of God standing at the right hand of God. I believe the cloud of witnesses around us are rooting for us, cheering us on in their own way. We may not always, we may not be able to see that, we may not always feel that, but I believe, let's look at it again, therefore we also, in verse number one, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight. Church, there are things that keep us from being everything that God wants us to be in this race. First of all, there are things that we grab on as we go through life, and they become heavy. I was talking to Malin, one of my our young guys that's living with us the other day. I said, Malin, you're kind of like this guy that over time you have held on to issues of the past, and you're, if I could say this, bend over because you have a ton of steel. You have weight on your shoulders, and you think this is just the way life is. 
It's hard. I'm discouraged. And he walks away from his job, and he sits in our apartment for two weeks doing nothing. I could have gotten really angry. I felt angry. I thought, man, this guy's lazy. What are we going to have to ask him to leave? And I finally took another direction. I said, this guy's struggling with something. And so I went to him and I asked him, I said, what is it that you're feeling in your heart? What are you hurting over? Why are you in this trap? And he begins to tell me that my dad left me when I was nine years old. When I was growing up, my, my, uh, our family, there was like eight children, and, and uh, dad left the Amish and ran away. And all of us children were scattered throughout the community. And uh, the more we talked about it, the more he said, I felt neglected. I felt um, like nobody wanted me. And so for two weeks, he's letting the past control his life. And I said, suppose, you know, you're you're bowed over with all of this weight. This is what we're talking about here in in Hebrews chapter 12. You're bowed down. You you think this is the way life is, and you don't know how to do anything about it. Suppose somebody came over and took all that weight off of you, and you could stand up and run the race without all of that on your back. And that's true for us in this place today. Some of us are bowed over because we cannot. If we had the time, I would talk about it. I actually have another sermon. I have a two-part sermon this morning. We will not get to the second part. Maybe we'll read the scripture. But many of us have so much weight on us, and it's bucked us down so much that it's kept us from running the race the way God wants us to. And some of this weight has to do with debt. I just put this on here. Debt over our ears. Let me tell you. That that's a lot of weight, right? You get out of college and you got, you know, if the boy and the girl come together to get married and they both went to college and they have fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000 of debt, all of a sudden they have put it together, you have 100000 or more. And you have to deal with that. It's debt. It slows us down, Christians. It keeps us from being all that we could be for Christ. I'm not going against education. I'm, I am thinking there's got to be a better way. Because God put Christianity and money together, and if you can only do half of it and not the money part, it becomes a hindrance to Christianity. So what is our weight that we hang on to? Some of it is just plain distractions. You've probably seen this. We've all seen this, where we've walked into a restaurant and the family sits down and about a minute or two into being sitting there, they all pull cell phones out. You know how distracting that looks to me? This is the perfect time to have family time together. Leave those phones out in the car. Have family time together. They're distractions. They keep us from building strong relationships. And it's these kinds of distractions. We could go Facebook, right? Facebook, such a bad distraction in our day. We spend so much time on Facebook when we should be in the Word or in prayer or doing ministry. 
And instead, we allow these earthly things to distract us and bog us down and keep us from running the race. There's sin. It says right here, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance. So many sins today. Alcohol, drugs, sexual sins, porn, on and on and on. Oh my, so many sins that we justify it. Somehow, well, God said that in the Bible, but eh, he probably won't do much to me. And it's okay, we're living together, it's okay, you know, we're in love. It's not like we're out there going from one person to the next. We are going to get married someday, and we justify us ourselves living together and going to church and claiming we're Christians. Let me tell you, those sins will come to find us out. And if we want to finish well, and if we want to build a foundation that lasts, we have to let these words sink deep into our hearts. Verse number two, keeping our eyes on Jesus, not others. Looking unto Jesus, the author, the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despised the shame, has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. I'm going to stop there. That was my challenge to you. I celebrate 70 years with you. I'm so glad that we are a part of this team that has decided they will go all the way to the end regardless of what comes their way. I'm so glad we're a part of it. I want to thank you for staying committed. I want to thank you for staying faithful. I want to challenge you to not give up. I want to challenge you to get rid of the weight, get rid of the sin, and keep on going. Wouldn't it be awesome if in 140 years, or in another 70 years, 140 years, 150 years, these, this church once again could stand up and put pictures on the screen. Remember those people? Wouldn't that be great? Maybe some of the young people here. Um, I think that would be awesome. But it will only happen if we make good choices today, right? If we make bad choices it will affect the next 70 years. So that's my challenge. Thank you so much. Pastor, I'll let you take it from here. Thank you for listening to this podcast series. Check out Mission to Amish People online at www.mapministry.org or keep up to date with us on Facebook and Google+. Thank you again and have a blessed day.